God, we do adore you as we celebrate your faithfulness, as we celebrate those prophecies fulfilled. You did come, just as you said you would, to change the course of history. We look to you with hope, with gratitude, with joy, with love, and with peace. We adore you, Savior of the world, light of the world, the light that's come We celebrate you. We look to you yet again. We give you our hearts. We give you our lives. We pray as we are gathering today that you will be at the center. We know true community comes from you. We know true family comes from you. We know that feasting and joy and generosity are all rooted and found in you. So we celebrate. Thank you, God, for your wondrous gift. May we never grow too familiar of the wonder of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas, Austin Oaks Church family. Thank you so much for inviting me into your Christmas day, wherever you are. It's our prayer for you as a church that this Christmas, that with your friends and family or whoever you're celebrating this day with together, that you would be able to create and share many, many memorable moments, but also that you would come to love Jesus even more. Now, I gotta be honest with you as we are recording this today, I am super curious to know, like how do you or your family and your friends dress on Christmas morning, okay? Because I didn't know that people sometimes really did this. They dressed up in certain costumes. That's how it feels to me, costumes on Christmas day, until I met my wife because her side of the family had this tradition and that tradition has crept into the Ziski family and I'm slowly getting used to it, okay? So Christmas Eve, Here's what we do before we did anything. We would get home from church. We, we would then get our Christmas flannels on and we would come out, open the one present on Christmas Eve. And then we would, in theory, sleep in them. I say in theory because I always take them off. Don't tell nobody. And then Christmas Day, we would wear them the whole day for the most part. Now, honestly, I've gotten used to them. They're, they're extremely comfortable. And they're very spacious, which gives me a lot of room to have a lot of Christmas goodies that just happen to be laying around, okay? But I also wondered, like, if you have already, as a family or friends, opened up presents, or maybe you're in the process of opening them up, or maybe you have yet to get to them. Now, the older I get, I find myself actually enjoying giving gifts more than actually receiving them. Now, some of you may have just rolled your eyes and and judged me and called me ridiculous for that. I get it, I was there too once. But when I think about Christmas gifts, so many memories flood into my mind when I think about them. The gifts that completely surprised me. I was overjoyed, I couldn't believe that I got whatever it was. The gifts that were 
beyond thoughtful and deeply meaningful. But honestly, there was also gifts where I had to pretend to like them. I know you, you may have done that already, okay? The gifts were like, I accidentally maybe have let my nonverbals show how I really feel about them, that childlike disappointment that sort of surfaced when I didn't get everything I wanted on my list, especially the top two things, because those were the top things. I really wanted those. And as I was thinking about this, I was like caught up in a memory growing up in Beaverdam, Wisconsin. Christmas Day, without fail, the whole Ziski clan, uncles and aunts and cousins, we would all go over to uh, Grandpa and Grandma Ziski's house. And we would all gather together, and as everybody showed up with their laundry basket full of presents, they would make their way downstairs and put the presents under the tree. Now, I was the youngest grandkid in the whole Ziski clan, which meant it was easy for me to um, get lost in the mix. It was easy for me to sneak downstairs and not get caught. And I would do this all the time. I would sneak downstairs, go to the tree, and I would look at every present. And I would start to kind of like feel out where's mine. And we, you know, you've all done this. You would do the, the present exam, right? You grab it, how heavy it is, and you shake it a little bit just to kind of know as if that tells you what kind of value it is. And then when you see those big boxes, you get like super, super excited about what it could be. Right? It was amazing when you're a young kid. It didn't matter what was in the present, like just the, the anticipation building up the Christmas day and getting gifts and then unwrapping it and getting it. Like it was amazing. It didn't matter what it was. But then something shifted as I got older, specifically, especially when I became a teenager. And when mom and dad would say to me or my brother, it's just getting so hard to shop for you. And so they go, here, what do you want for Christmas? Just fill out a list. And what happened when you start to fill out a list? This thing called expectations started to show up. And so even in my teenage years, anticipation, excitement would still come when Christmas Day is approaching, the gifts are under the tree, all sorts of excitement that is still there even as I get older, but something changed. I began to become guarded. I would analyze the gifts and kind of go, well, that's not the size of what I had on my list. And I would start to kind of play it out because because of this list, I had expectations as to what I should get. And reality is maybe I got one thing on the list and it's so sad now looking back like I wasn't always grateful for what I got so mom dad shameless confession in this moment if you're watching I am so sorry for the way I treated some of those gifts you gave me now I understand why you resorted to just giving me cash because it would be so difficult and I am really sorry more than anything for missing the heart that was behind the gift because that's what it is. Gifts, the real joy and pleasure of a gift is not so much what's in it as it is more of what is behind it. The expression of someone's heart and kindness, the fact that they've been thinking about you and even at some level, right, they sacrificed money for you. Like that's what a gift is. I'm sharing this because the reality is, is we do this with God and maybe that's what's in your way this Christmas day. It's your expectations of what you think God should do for you or, how, or what God should give you. 
And if we're honest, it's super easy for our, to, to allow our expectations to kind of blind us from seeing God's heart behind the gift. Gifts are an act of grace. Gifts are something that you don't earn. Every gift that you already opened on Christmas Day, you didn't earn it. You did nothing to deserve it. It's a tangible act of grace. It's love, thoughtfulness, sacrifice. So when we look at the Christmas story, I want you to have that in your mind. So let's go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governor, governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. As you know the story, Joseph also went up from Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was in the house and the family of David. He was there to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and then she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swallowing cloths and laid him in a man manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. So I, I find myself asking this question often. Why did Luke write such a detailed account of this story? It's almost as if like he wanted to express to us like God was kind of giving us a hint maybe as to what this gift was. But not only that, he wrote these things in such detail because listen, this actually happened. This isn't a fairy tale. This isn't a once upon a time. It's detailed. Jesus came to a peasant family in a barn, right? More likely a cave and placed in a feeding trough. It's a messy situation. It's really unassuming, right? It's, it's showing us something about God's heart and it, the beauty of this gift that he's given us. It's almost as if God is saying right out of the gate, like, hey, I know your life is messy. I know it's not going the way you thought or expected. So let me come to you in your mess, in your present circumstances. Let me extend my gift of grace to you there. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. And then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I tell you good news of great joy for all the people. Good news of great joy for all the people. What's this good news? It's the news of God giving us the greatest gift ever. Today, in the town of David, a Savior was born unto you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. Unto you. Friends, this gift that God has given has your name on it. Your name is on it. This is for you. And what exactly is this gift? It's His Son, Jesus, your Savior, if you would receive him as such. He's the king. Christmas is God's grace to us. His grace reminds us why this is the greatest gift ever. Christmas reminds us that we can't work our way to God. We can't earn our way to him. But because of his love for us, he worked his way to us. He gave for us. And this is why Christianity is different than anything else in this world. 
It's different than any other religion because every other religion is about us working our way to God or working our way to peace or working our way to heaven. And it's just advice. Do this, don't do that. But Christianity is different because of Christmas. His gift, God moving towards you. God doing for you what you couldn't do for yourself. It's God saying yes to you. For you. And the angels told the shepherds, and it'll be a sign. And the sign is, you will find a child lying in a manger. And when you think about that, it is absolutely stunning because this baby, whose name is Jesus, which literally means the Lord saves, he's the one who died for all sin for all time. He's the one that died our death. He's the one that defeated death and hell, conquered grave, resurrected again. And it's this gift that opens up the way for us to receive forgiveness for our past, to receive power in our present, and to have a living hope for our future. And this gift was foretold some 700 years before Jesus even came. Isaiah 9, 6. A child will be given to you. A son will be given to you. It has your name on it. And his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These names represent the fact that Jesus knows exactly what the issue is, what we really need. Not what we think we need. What we really need. He knows. That's why he's our wonderful counselor. And he's our mighty God, not because he's going to overthrow governments and systems and institutions. No, he's the mighty God who gave his life on the cross so that our hearts could be completely changed and transformed. And by the fact that he gave his life, tells us he is our everlasting Father because he's willing to give it all for us, which leads us to him being our Prince of Peace because we can finally have peace because you cannot have peace until the sin issue is dealt with. People in Jesus' time, the Jews didn't accept Jesus because they had their own list. They wanted God to do this or that. And even people in Jesus' time wanted Jesus to provide for them this or that, do this for us, do, show these miracles, feed us more. But Jesus knew that the real issue and the real need and the real gift was his sacrifice so that you could have a new heart, so you could have peace. And they refused to receive the gift. That's the thing about gifts, isn't it? It has to be received, not earned. Imagine if this morning on Christmas Day, you saw five gifts under the tree. They're all for you. But you can't get them until you do a bunch of chores. You have to earn them. Now, Christmas probably wouldn't be that exciting. Gifts are a pure display of grace because you receive them. Someone gives it to you. You don't earn it. 
in Jesus, we receive the greatest gift of all time, Emmanuel, God with us. He came for us. He made a way for us so that we can have forgiveness of sins, power for living, and hope for our future. I hope that blessed you. Merry Christmas. But before you go, I just want to remind you of a few quick things that are coming up. On January 1st, we will be having a church service at 1030 in the morning, and it will be our one voice service. All of our venues will be together under one roof in one time, 1030 January 1st. And also, I want to encourage you, if you haven't yet, to prayerfully consider to give to African New Life as we are planning and praying and expecting God to fund the next church that we are planting with them. I look forward to seeing you again, and the reality is I won't see you again, Lord willing, until 2023. Merry Christmas.